and welcome back to the Too Old to Tumble podcast. This is part two of fitness trends for 2020. Now we got as far as the top 10 in the previous episode. Now we're going to look at the other ones, which are perhaps, they don't quite make the top 10, so they're not considered as important by the fitness industry, but um, they're still worth taking into account because at the end of the day, the fitness industry only responds to what you, what they think you want. So if there's anything in here that you think should be higher up, it's up to you to ask, to ask for it, to, to, to ask your gym for it. So let's start with number 11, exercise for weight loss. Now this is surprisingly, but bearing in mind that there is a scary increase in obesity worldwide, exercise for weight loss is actually only halfway down the top 20 fitness trends. And maybe maybe that's because people finally accepted that nutrition plays a bigger role in weight loss than exercise does but i think it's more likely to be because people who actually have to a lot of weight to lose are less inclined to exercise to wanting to actually wanting to exercise so nevertheless i mean exercise is crucial when you're trying to lose weight as it helps set the scene for your metabolism to wake up and work its magic to help you shed the unwanted fat. Most weight loss programs will recommend some form of exercise, but they may not be very specific about it, so they're often followed by people who are not inclined to be active, let alone do a workout. So maybe that is the reason why exercise for weight loss is not a thing anymore. And it only comes up as number 11. So it maybe the gyms don't want to... Maybe there's also a, an element of political correctness. People don't want to talk about weight loss because it's disparaging. It mean, implies you, you're not in shape. I don't know. But I think it could be... You know, There's nothing harmful about having a class for weight loss. So anyway, and number 12, we've got functional fitness training. Now, I think this should be much higher up in the top 20 and this I look at this as being connected, strictly connected with perhaps exercise for older adults. Um, now, functional training mimics activities of daily life and is very useful, especially for older populations or people with special needs, whether it, it's uh, injury rehab or injury prevention. Now, I believe that all training modalities should make it obvious how they relate to what we do in our daily lives. Otherwise, exercise becomes training for the sake of training and nothing else. Unless, obviously, with the due exception, if you're preparing for competitions. and But then you wouldn't come under the... This survey wouldn't be of interest to you because you would be already working towards a very specific goal. And, and you, you wouldn't be going to the gym to attend the... Zumba class. So when you have nothing to focus on, that's a problem with the, with the training. When you, when you have nothing to focus on, you're more likely to turn up to your exercise classes just because you have signed up for them and follow along mindlessly. When this happens, chances are your interest is soon going to slip down your list of priorities and adherence will drop. So always keep in mind, when whatever training you do, how does this relate to, to what I do on, on a daily basis. So if you make moving better as you go about your day, the focus of your training, you will soon look at your usual classes in a new light. 
with better focus on the reasons why you're doing something, you will find that both your adherence and your enjoyment of the activities will improve. And if you enjoy something, you're going to want to do it all the time. At number 13, we have outdoor activities. Now, more outdoor activities, such as group walk, rides, uh, or organized hiking groups, are becoming popular. This is regardless of the duration of the event. So I really, really applaud this trend and I sincerely hope you guys will soon make it number one with all the others that should be also number one. So just one giant number one that encompasses everything. Um, there are so many advantages in partaking in outdoor activities. First of all, there is a social aspect where as a group you share a common goal. Then you get to breathe in some fresh air while you're surrounded by nature and you get to move in a way that usually promotes relaxation over exertion. And as a bonus, you might get to discover new places. And there is also safety numbers when you're going out. So this is something that people with uh, sedentary jobs would really benefit from more, more so than those like uh, are always outside because they already have commitments that get them out of the house all day long. So um, I'm just, the only problem with this that I have, I mean, I only know locally where I live, I only know of one gym who makes a specific part of the schedule organizing these uh, regular outdoor events. And they usually go hiking on mountains. But I know there are, there are also groups of ramblers nearby that they meet up regularly and go for walks. But you probably have to do a little bit of research if you want to try this out. But I urge you to do because it's really, it's really, really good for you to be outside. Um, if you've been told that you need to exercise but you're not feeling the gym or the prospect of doing sort of structural exercise, um, being a, going outdoor for a long walk, it, it's a brilliant alternative. And if your local gym doesn't organize anything along the lines of outdoor activities, ask them if they would be willing, if one of their instructors would be willing, because the benefit is you have somebody with you who, is, um, who can keep you safe and ensure you don't overdo it and you can be, and they can be around if something goes wrong and you need first aid. Um, so yes, get a guide. Even if you're going for a walk around the fields, you still have to climb over um, fences, open gates and do things like that. You might think it's easy, but uh, it's always better to have somebody that can guide you through the safe parts of a, of a trail or things like that. And But do it. Just go and do it. Give it a go. If you've never done it, give it a go. Um, at number 14, we have yoga. Uh, for some reason, this yoga doesn't seem to be the hot thing to do. And I guess people find it, don't, don't find it appealing anymore. Uh, it's probably something, it's, it's a kind of a, of a passion thing, yoga, in my opinion. Because uh, for me personally, when I follow along a video of some sort of yoga, sometimes I do, I struggle to stay interested until the end because yoga just really doesn't do it for me. It's too slow, it takes too long and it can be incredibly uncomfortable because I'm not naturally, my body's not naturally designed to get into yoga positions. It is a real struggle. So I get no joy and I really, I get hardly any progress. So I, it's progress for me is very, very slow. So I need to, it's, it's not an effective way to exercise. But 
So also, as a Thai yoga massage therapist, I learned firsthand the advantage of having the stretches done to me because the progress is so much quicker. Whereas getting comfortable, many of the yoga poses can be just lengthy and so bloody painful that it really doesn't make me want to do it. So not everyone, like me, not everyone like has the patience to stick it out long term, especially when improvements are slow and little. If your gym follows the annual review, you will probably find that they will allocate less time and resources to yoga classes. So if flexibility is an issue for you, you really need to look for other ways to improve, like stretch therapy, for example, or Thai yoga massage treatments, which are very, very good and get, they get you super fit and super flexible, really in a, in a matter of days as opposed to months. Um, at number 15, we have licensure for fitness professionals. I don't know why this is even a trend, but what it basically means is that people shouldn't give themselves title that they're not qualified to carry. For example, you shouldn't call yourself a nutritionist if you don't have a degree in nutrition and so on. You shouldn't call yourself a personal trainer unless you have a qualification in personal training. Unfortunately, as I said before, the fitness world is vastly unregulated and so you can essentially call yourself whatever you want without getting into too much trouble. So again, it's up to you to do your homework and verify the credentials of the people that you employ to help you with your fitness and nutrition. And if you are happy, there are many good people out there that can make a huge positive impact on, on, how, on how they help you improve your health and fitness who are not qualified. But as long as they're upfront about it, then it's up to you whether you want to use the services or not. If you believe that they can help you, then why not? You know, you, you can employ them, but just obviously make sure that they're not portraying themselves as something that they're not. At number 16, we have lifestyle medicine. And I'm not going to talk about this because it's the same as number six in the previous episode. It's the same thing as exercises, medicine, and also to a certain extent, it's the same as wellness coaching. It's just about all about uh, affecting behavior before you actually go into the nitty gritty of which exercises you're going to do. Um, at number 17, we have circuit training. And when it comes to circuit training, just see the first trends, number one to ten. Is circuit training is just a way of conducting your, your workout that has been packaged to be sold as a class. The fact that it comes at number 17 means that you'll be less likely to see the words circuit training mentioned in your gym schedule, but your high-intensity high interval training class or personal training sessions might be conducted as a circuit. Um, at number 18, we have worksite health promotion and workplace well-being programs. The fact that importance of ensuring the employees' well-being is low on the list of priorities is somewhat shocking. Companies moan and groan and complain about absences due to sickness, but then when you look at it, they don't really do much to help people prevent them. Um, so for you, what this means is that you're essentially you're on your own when it comes to looking after your health and well-being at work, but you can ask your employers to help you with it. And you should. Um, outcome measurements is at number 19. And I must admit that I cringe when somebody decides to formally measure my progress. 
I just cannot bear to be measured and I prefer to do this on my own by rather than measuring myself which sometimes I do but it's usually disappointing but comparing my performance over time is my preferred method I compare my performance over time taking into account things factors like did I have the opportunity to sleep the night before or did I have the opportunity to eat I don't always get to do that and um, do it did I get to practice regularly so if I managed to complete to run for 20 minutes consecutively which for me at this moment in time is a big thing but if I can't go very fast is that because I didn't sleep usually that's the case did I eat adequately or did I manage to get in the other trainings before so a lot of the people that I work with also hate the idea of being measured so I always suggest that they do it on their own if they're uncomfortable or I suggest alternative ways of getting feedback to make sure that what we're working on is actually the right thing for them and it is a little bit trial and error knowing this is what makes a difference between success and failure but I totally understand how the truth can be discouraging if you measure yourself and nothing has changed for a number of weeks if you don't know how to what else to look for that might give you a sign that actually you might not be shrinking but you're get you might be getting stronger or faster or your heart rate recovers quicker so there, there is another episode of the podcast in the podcast where i talk about ways in which you can measure your weight loss progress so if that's something you're interested in listen to it because uh it's uh it will be useful it will help you at number 20 we have children and exercise and although this is considered this trend that comes up at the bottom of the top 20 it's still considered to offer the potential for new sources of revenue for fitness clubs and gyms obesity in younger populations is on the rise and so it's in everyone's interest to start addressing this issue right here and right now so I personally blame electronics and convenience food for this so when I was a child we had nothing so we used to spend I used to spend all my time playing outdoors with friends we were running around going all over the place usually places we shouldn't be going to on our, on our push bikes or we were doing sports because there really was nothing else to do so we were all experts at volleyball basketball at football and it, it just never ended it was just absolutely in fact we were doing parkour before it was called parkour we were climbing on trees climbing on fences, over fences, jumping up walls and, and do all sorts of stuff. But because we, again, because we didn't have much, much else and in Italy the weather was always nice, so up we were. Um, so packaged food was considered to be rubbish by my parents and pretty much everybody else's parents. So we were not allowed to eat anything or buy anything like that that came in a packet. Everything had to be cooked from scratch. Um, as a result, when I was little, my weight was always ideal and I was really as fit as a fiddle, with, even when I wasn't doing any sports. But I was full of energy, I was bright and, and just well, well acquainted with the outdoor life. We used to go out, climb mountains, we used to just go for long walks, we used to be running around the hills, in the valleys, everywhere. It was just brilliant. Whereas these days, I, I hardly ever see kids playing outside. 
And I really feel sorry for them because they miss out on learning how to enjoy their environment and use their creativity to make games and toys out of nothing. So there is a, a well-known link between exercise and the improvement of cognitive abilities. So by allowing children to sit around playing on their phones instead of climbing trees, you're really robbing them of the opportunity to develop their intelligence um, as well as to keep their health in tip-top in, uh, condition. So if your local gym doesn't yet offer classes aimed at children, perhaps it's time to be proactive and ask them to consider adding one or two of these to the schedule. So that way you can both go to the gym at the same time, you can take your kids with you, but you can exercise in different places so that you still have your own space, but you get to move. And your kids are safe, and you have the peace of mind that they are safe, so you don't have to worry about them. Now, and this brings us to the end of the top 20 fitness trends. Now, now that you know what the fitness industry thinks you want, you can influence changes with your local fitness club. So what I showed you, what I talked about is what is more, that your club is more likely to promote in kind of in that order, if you want. But it, you know, so it's up to you really to influence the schedule if it doesn't suit you. Just remember that a lot of these new fitness trends are simply ways of packaging the same thing, i.e. exercise. And they do so in a way that makes it appealing for consumers to sign up for classes. Because um, at the end of the day, gyms have to try and keep things fresh to entice you to keep going. So if you, so they have to call the same thing different names. So you think, oh, I'm doing something totally new. And when you go there, you find out you're still squatting, you're still doing burpees, you're still doing push-ups, you're still lifting weights, but it's called a different name. Um, and you don't have... So you just because you have, they have to entice you to keep going, don't let them take you for a ride by being led to believe that you're doing something completely revolutionary, where in reality, there's only so many ways in which you can exercise. You just have to find what works for you best and leave the rest. And on that note, I shall love you and leave you. Thank you for listening to part two of New Fitness Trends for 2020. And the next time, I uh, will be discussing how to get back on track after a crisis. Because by that time, we'll be halfway through, we'll be towards the end of the first month of the year. And after a sort of energetic start, you might start to come a cropper and and start stumbling, come across your first obstacle. So when you hit the crisis, I'm going to tell you exactly how to get over it. Thank you for listening, and I'll speak to you again very soon. Bye-bye.